Ciao guys, this is the e-commerce growth show and today I'll be hosting Sine Mizichuris, a strategy and partnerships lead at Bird Technologies. Sine will explain you all you need to know about the fulfillment and how to expand your business to Western Europe. You will get to learn why you want to use outsourcing of fulfillment. For example, you might want to focus on marketing and product selection instead of logistics. Then we'll talk about how Western EU users differ from Adriatic users. Did you know that 62% of customers abandon car due to expensive shipping? Or did you know that German shoppers are more willing to use an environmentally friendly delivery service? This and more later on. Stay tuned. Hi guys, uh, welcome to Growth e-commerce. Uh, and today with us uh, will be the Sinem Yezici. Uh, she's strategy and partnership lead at Bird Technologies, and she'll be talking about e-commerce fulfillment today. Uh, so welcome with us, Sinem. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. It's a um, going to be a good um, episode, hopefully, on e-commerce and fulfillment. So thank you for the invite and um, happy to be here. The pleasure is all mine. So, uh, well, Sinem, first, uh, I think that our audience should know what are the latest e-commerce trends in Europe. So could you tell me something about that? Sure. So um, basically, um, just for, for us to start with e-commerce and e-commerce trends, now we've seen um, sort of the changes um, happening in 2020 uh, with COVID-19 and um, everything sort of like uh, pushed to be digitalized. Um, we have seen lots of um, growth in e-commerce, basically. I will give some more data on that, uh, some interesting data on that in the um, next slides. But um, basically for um, e-commerce, I think it's been um, a big jump on D2C, um, basically going direct to consumers and um, working with um, merchants that, that want to grow, expand on um, cross-border sales as well. So. Um, as you as you see here, um, e-commerce isn't uh, the cherry on top on the cherry on top anymore. It's actually the cake. So um, it's been um, growing, and um, I can actually um, sort of talk about a bit more about the um, numbers, um, if I may. Um, sort of, we we see that a huge trend that e-commerce market reached out to um, 26 trillion uh, USD in 2020, um, and this is a, a huge number um, from the global data that we see. And this was this is high above the expected growth rate. Um, so it's compared like 18% growth um, compared to 2019 and. Um, it is expected to um, grow in the next coming um, years as the COVID situation continues. Also, now the merchants are already um, moving the steps towards digitalization, having their shops and um, having more uh, using more digital platforms. Um, we will see this trend um, raising um, in the next years as well. So, um, yeah, this is... Yeah, this so COVID was a major player in this in this growth, right? But yeah, on the other like hand, the for the European market, the British are going out. So like Brexit is happening. Mm -hmm. How does this influence it? Will be this a major player or will the Europe stay connected and the cross-border will grow stronger? What do you see the, the future development of the European, European market? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think um, COVID, uh, I, I always say COVID has been a lottery. It's um, sort of helped some uh, sectors to thrive um, and e-commerce has been one of them. Um, although um, uh, with Brexit, it's, um, it seems to have more um, articulated, um, but I, I think in terms of cross-border, um, it will um, basically um, align with the trend because um, sort of the trend is um, going decentralized. So moving the um, inventory, moving the uh, presence in uh, micro pieces across Europe, um, having a pan-European network and um, with Brexit happening, again, this accelerates the process. So um, COVID accelerated the digital transformation for merchants and um, I guess Brexit within Europe accelerates the um, cross-border um, uh, deals and cross-border setups for, for merchants because um, as um, UK is a big market in Western Europe, Germany is a big market in Western Europe, um, merchants um, in Adriatic region um, when they want to move towards they um, strategically want to um, position themselves within these markets as well um, because these are big e-commerce markets um, and and we can see here sort of like the the growth and the opportunity for for the merchants as well okay so you you mentioned the shift from traditional commerce to e-commerce that's what the traditional players did uh, but then also from traditional merchants, we see a shift toward uh, D2C, which is directly to consumers. And you also mentioned the micro network or, or the network or, or micro points mm -hmm. serving those uh, D2C operations, which is exactly where the fulfillment comes into, into the play. So can you describe what fulfillment is uh, more in detail, maybe? Yeah, uh, of course. So basically, like you said, with D2C, um, there, there has been an um, increase in, in D2C markets as well and in D2C markets. Basically, let me explain a bit more on um, direct to consumer, what it means. Basically, uh, it's um, going to um, consumers without the marketplaces or without any other um, uh, third party involved. So uh, most of the brands want to create a brand experience. Um, for their um, sort of, or like customer experience for their brands, basically. Um, and this is where D2C comes into place. So in order to make that experience as nice as possible, um, the last step is the most memorable step. Um, so that is delivery. Um, that is basically when the consumer actually holds the product and gets the product. So um, fulfillment is right at that point. So you have an experience up until um, when the order is placed. So you have given all your effort and um, actually had your shopper and user um, add the item to the basket, pay for it, but then you need to make sure that the aftermath of it is also as um, representative of your brand as possible so mm -hmm. that you um, sort of give a crown of that um, order and make sure that you have loyal customers um, in, in, in the future. So um, fulfillment in that sense, um, maybe I can, I can explain a bit more um, on, um, on Germany and we can go specific to Dach region and um, fulfillment um, piece in the, in the Dach region. Um, this is just a, um, a 
this is just showcasing basically how um, population in 2020, like 85% in Germany bought something online um, in 2020. And, and this is a huge growth. Um, for, 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 is growing, growing and growing. Yeah, right? for Germany. And um, it's, it's basically, um, I think with the uh, fulfillment piece, um, with players like Amazon, um, how fast delivery, we've learned how fast delivery is important. We've learned how reliable um, the merchants should be uh, in order to keep the customers uh, in their um, D2C concepts, basically, in their um, field. And, and so if, um, if the merchants outsource the, the fulfillment, they mm -hmm. can focus on, on getting good products and having good user experience on their side but they leave the delivery part, logistics part, uh, the returns to the, to the people who are specialized for that. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's basically um, like from bird perspective, that's what's important for us as well. So um, once you're creating your, um, once merchants are creating their own brand, they should focus on, on their quality of the product, on their marketing activities and fulfillment is something that um, is, um, um, that basically makes the merchant's job easier when they outsource it. So outsourced fulfillment includes um, basically um, warehouse, um, where they store the inventory, um, how it's picked, packed, labeled, and processed when once an order is placed, and also um, basically working with um, shipping companies like DHL, like DPD, like Colismo, like Royal Mail, um, to make sure that the um, delivery is smooth as well. So um, the fulfillment company takes that whole process um, and helps the merchants basically um, to give transparency, to look into every step in that fulfillment process and make sure that the end user has the best experience. So, um, so that they can, like you said, they can focus on what they're doing the best, which is um, working on their um, website, working on their production, working on their marketing activities, working on their brand. So one, one in every four customers abandons the cart when he sees the delivery time. So delivery time is that important for them? And probably yeah, also and the delivery cost goes hand in hand. Or... And delivery cost uh, data is actually even more interesting. In overall, um, the global data shows 50% of um, customers abandon the basket when they see, not, when they see the uh, shipping is not free. In Germany, 62% of Germans abandon the basket when the shipment is above, like shipment price is above what they expect. And like I said, Amazon has set a high um, sort of standard of those deliveries. So um, most of the consumers now expect free shipping uh, as a good experience um, when, they, when they do online shopping. So um, this is a quarter basically can leave due to long delivery time, but you, you, the merchants may lose half of their customers because of not offering free shipping. Basically, okay. this is as important as um, building building the brand itself. So um, oh, the conversion rates is like basically having an outsourced fulfillment, making sure that you are covering these costs can can increase the conversion rates um, dramatically. So so late in the consumer funnel, and you can lose him, right? Just yeah. before he clicks buy, just abandons because of too high or too long delivery delivery yeah. time. 
exactly and and this is this standard especially in europe um is is quite high um also for um merchants in in um who want to expand to western europe this is something that um they should be expecting um when they're setting their planning uh and they that that they should include the delivery costs as well um for their for their planning and expansion okay just for example uh, we did a survey in adriatic region how important uh, the delivery times are for for our customers and uh, let's say that in Slovenia, it's pretty much the same as in Germany. So very important. They expect the, to get their shipment in three days maximum. But yeah. in Croatia, it's not important at all. So just the delivery cost, which plays the major role in the, their decision whether they will buy a product or not. So I believe that we are trending towards the same ultimate yeah. goal, which is the same day delivery and uh, probably also free delivery, right? Yeah. I, I think I, as I see, I think um, free delivery, like in, in Germany as well, I think 78% expect two to three days delivery time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sort of delivery time, as long as um, you give a time frame, um, is acceptable, um, is more acceptable than having a high cost um, delivery. Uh, basically um, not offering free shipping. So uh, I would say in order to prioritize it, free shipping is, is more important um, and making sure that you give a time frame that is um, um, basically keeping your promise for, for, for the consumer uh, is, is important as well. Um, I think it's standard for carriers nowadays. Um, and in terms of if the warehouse is able to process it quickly, which, which is enabled with outsourced fulfillment, um, basically the uh, shipping companies um, usually um, deliver um, sort of two to three days uh, within Europe. Um, but of course, this depends on um, the strategic location of your warehouses as well. So um, I think that's, that's a topic we can deep dive into as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I basically um, thought it would be um, useful for um, for the merchants to understand what kind of like key points are important for e-commerce fulfillment. Um, it, it says in Germany because we we took like Western Europe as an example, um, but I think we can take these key points um, important for any um, e-commerce um, fulfillment. So um, the priority or the ranking is uh, made according to Germany. Uh, or Western Europe, but I think all the key points are relevant for um, any commerce fulfillment um, that, that we see. So um, basically, um, as we discussed, consumers want to know the status of their um, um, delivery. We discussed that um, sort of the last um, touch point, an actual physical touch point, um, that you get an opportunity to meet with your consumer is the uh, delivery and um, getting the full, getting the order fulfilled. Um, so, and it is important to have it as transparent as possible. Consumers want to know the status of their delivery. As per the retails, the merchants need to know the status of their delivery as well. So, um, with the transparency or with the um, sort of tools that that we have, for example, um, at Bird we have uh, a customer dashboard that. Um, uh, our customers being the e-commerce merchants can see actually um, automatically once an order is placed from their um, shop system that be Shopify or WooCommerce or 
whatever they are using, the order is automatically um, processed into our system um, where the warehouse um, basically sees the order and starts processing the order. Um, how it goes is a fully automated place um, uh, or uh, space. Basically, the warehouse picks, packs, and labels the item. Um, and the merchant can actually um, track all the statuses from the dashboard. So this is the level of transparency we want to uh, provide and revolutionize um, in the e-commerce fulfillment space, because um, then uh, you are able to um, make better predictions for your delivery, better predictions for, for your consumer to know and let them know. So, um, and, and then we pass it on after picking, packing and labeling, we pass it on to the um, career partners, um, like mentioned, DPD or DHL or um, um, in um, UK, Royal Mail uh, and so on and so forth. Um, and this enables basically, again, tracking the order once it's going to be delivered and then it feeds back to, um, to the system automatically once it's delivered and once it's um, basically in place. Um, and we have partners that um, basically we work with to make sure that these, this customer experience is also um, sort of uh, a good experience for the partner, like um, Parcel Lab, for example, a partner of ours does um, tailored um, communications for your brand, uh, basically um, when it's delivered and um, where it is and, and so on and so forth. So uh, we wanna make sure that the experience as, is as um, good as possible for the, for the consumer. So, um, and we wanna make sure that we give um, sort of a um, satisfactory uh, quality for the whole fulfillment process. Um, this also includes um, sort of returns. Returns is a huge um, topic and pain, um, to be honest. So um, again, um, you need to optimize the return process. You, you need to understand how important um, it is to enable your consumer to, to be able to return the items. And um, basically, you want to see when a return label is created or generated by your consumer, you want to see um, when the return actually gets to the warehouse, you want to see if it's damaged or not. So um, these are the points also um, to bear in mind that, that you need to take care of when, um, when um, thinking of transparency um, yeah. and how, how important transparency is in order fulfillment. Yeah, I have one question. Okay, you were talking about dashboard for your customers. That's your partners, merchants, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, do they have to inform the user, the end user, the buyer about the status, or you do that as well? Um, so it's up to it's up to uh, the merchants. So basically, um, the we push back the notification to the um, merchant. Um, and they can decide, like I said, they can, they can work with different partners or they can decide um, to use um, the DHL notification system um, to make sure that the consumers know as well. So we have that data um, available once the item is delivered um, and so on. And um, like I said, we work with um, the carriers uh, in order to pull that data. Uh, and we push it back to the merchant, but it's um, up to merchant to decide which touch points they wanna communicate back to the consumer.
So probably that a lot depends on uh, integration with the customer's web shop. So sure. we have any integrations in place? I don't know. You mentioned yeah. e and Shopify. Yeah, so we have standard integrations in place with um, Shopify, with um, WooCommerce, with Shopware, um, with plenty markets um, uh, in the UK, uh, in, in Germany. Um, these are important players. Um, and also um, Shopify is worldwide. Um, so um, that's um, a um, no brainer for most of the merchants. Um, and also we have a connection with Amazon, um, basically for Amazon sellers um, that they want to uh, fulfill by merchant. So Amazon have their own um, uh, fulfillment centers, um, but we help them um, we help merchants who want to um, fulfill by themselves. Um, they have the option to. So yeah, the Amazon has first party or third party fulfillment, right? So you yeah. do the third party. Okay. Correct. So we have those integrations with um, um, with the different marketplaces. We are also working on some system integrators um, like Channel Engine uh, to make sure we we tackle more than um, one marketplace to make sure we tackle more more than one system and um, um, ERP um, connection. Um, and uh, I think for like bigger customers who use um, ERP solutions. Um, we also offer um, one-off integrations, um, or they can um, they can integrate to us basically um, with their ERP system because they are more complex and, and tailor-made. But um, the standard um, integrations, so to say, work quite well uh, in the markets um, or in the systems that I just I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Cool. So moving on to the second point, um, as we realized, basically the cost is uh, another <laughs> important aspect. Uh, we don't want to lose half of our um, consumers where we, like you said, um, brought to the end of the funnel um, and, and then like cost of shipping is, is a, a turn off and they, they abandon the basket. So, um, and uh, like we have uh, really, um, Amazon to thank and blame for it uh, because of the high standards. Now it's an expected um, uh, popular uh, demand by, by most of the consumers to have a um, um, free shipping option. Um, and the important thing is there is to, um, when, once you strategically locate your warehouses, um, it is actually um, for, for the merchants as well, um, cheaper to send, let's say, um, a um, merchant in Croatia um, has 50% of their consumers in UK. Um, trying to ship from Croatia to UK um, is going to cost a lot to them. If they are like, either they're going to lose the consumers in the uh, in the last step of the uh, of the purchase in uh, when they should high high cost uh, delivery. Um, or it's going to cost them too much too. So um, basically strategically locating the warehouse uh, and the inventory, um, not the warehouse, but the inventory is important here. So if um, the merchants want to tackle other markets, um, I think um, decentralizing the inventory is a, um, a very important aspect of um, tackling the cross-border costs. Um, because now with Brexit, as, as we have talked about, there will be custom packs, um, there will be um, sort of um, um, delivery uh, costs that are unknown uh, to anyone. So um, we don't want to have that. So like 
like I said, like um, moving to Western Europe, understanding the markets and making sure um, you have inventory close to your consumers is the key to reduce costs for you and not lose consumers or end users that, that you um, got in the first place. So um, this, is, this is sort of like one of the um, most important aspect um, into like for tackling the costs basically. So where do you at Bird have your warehouses located? Mm, great question. Um, so um, that's sort of like the area we wanted to also tackle. Um, our company started off in Austria. Um, so we have a warehouse in Austria and then expanded to Germany. Um, we have 11 um, warehouses um, in, in Germany. And then we um, expanded to UK, France and Netherlands um, in order to work um, with these um, sort of decentralized hubs, basically. Um, so um, in, in Europe, we can say we have, uh, or Western Europe, we can say uh, we have quite a good coverage um, and um, it's dependent on the merchants. So our like customers who are, or merchants who are in Germany also have um, warehouse in France um, to enable um, a cheaper and faster delivery for their French customers uh, mm -hmm. or vice versa. Um, and it's, uh, of course, with UK, I think it's the most crucial thing uh, in order to avoid uh, customs and so on um, to have um, a inventory um, in the UK. Okay, that was an important step, I believe, yes, the UK, especially after Brexit. Yeah, yeah, and and we have we are seeing the impact of Brexit. It's a bit off topic, but like it's still it's still Western Europe. Um, we have seen lots of UK merchants as well trying to move their inventory to Europe because it is difficult for them as well. Most of their customers, like UK e-commerce market, is a huge market, but uh, most of their customers are also sitting in Europe. So I would say 40, 50 percent like of um, um, their um, consumers. Um, live in Europe too so they want to um, have their inventory they want to have the um, free and um, sort of um, fast shipping option for their consumers in Europe so they are also looking for opportunities outside yeah different. so now we've been talking about transparency costs and before we also mentioned the delivery time right so that's what is that problem of course yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> so delivery speed so I, I think cost and delivery speed go together um to be honest so um the delivery speed again um i'm 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 giving um sort of examples um from amazon but again prime amazon prime day has set the standard high and um sort of uh, e even if it's not same day um, two or one day delivery has become the norm um, and it's going to continue um, within 2021. And um, I think um, sort of, again, um, having strategic locations will have help merchants um, tackle both cost and the speed. Um, I think I'm not going to say too much about it, but the delivery speed um, more than three days is also getting a bit um, on the nerves for the consumers, just something to, to be aware of for the merchants. <laughs> not for Croatia, apparently. <laughs> um, the next point is, I, I think that's, um, that's a point um, 
sort of I um, I like to talk about consumer preferences. So um, I think this is this is also important and um, sort of a good good feeling, especially nowadays when we are all um, sitting at home and um, uh, even like a delivery with a small note um, uh, can make our day excited. So uh, I think it's um, it's uh, it's a topic I, I personally um, quite like as well to having these um, small touches and um, basically making um, sure uh, we listen to consumer um, preferences. Um, so, I know what you're talking about because I've seen the joy on my co-worker's face today when she got a pair of new pants. So <laughs> Exactly, that makes the day. <laughs> Your joy. I think, yeah, these are the small excitements we have in the COVID life. So um, to, to listen to those preferences, to make sure that the, um, the um, delivery is uh, basically um, made sure that um, sort of we enable those preferences for for the brands is is um, is useful. Um, just an interesting um, data um, on conversational shopping. So most of the um, I, I think it's a twenty twenty we can say it's a twenty twenty one um, trend. Um, so conversational shopping is um, being more and more uh, on demand, and um, we want to interact um, as we cannot interact in person anymore. We want to interact uh, with the brands um, online, and um, we again have uh, have partners like Heyday, who is a um, um, AI um, chatbot, and um, like through messaging, through knowing um, where. Um, or how um, we can uh, communicate with the consumer um, is an important aspect. Mm -hmm. um, also, um, I will get to that point as well. I think it's, um, I have another uh, point on um, sort of having a personally branded or um, looking into more environmental friendly options. Um, these are the things that um, that is um, that are increasing trends at the moment. So um, knowing those, knowing your consumers, and um, basically um, adding small touches um, to the fulfillment part as well is is important um, in that in that sense. Wow. <laughs> I didn't expect that one. Yeah. Yeah, this one, <laughs> and it it links to the personalized unboxing experience. Like like mentioned, when once you listen to the um, consumer preferences, you can then make the experience even. Um, um, more than what they expect, basically. Um, and um, this can include sustainable um, packaging. This can include um, some small uh, messages, um, personalized branding. You don't want to get the same uh, boring box every time, um, <laughs> but um, maybe um, having more sort of creative um, experiences. And um, that touches the consumer. Like personally, when I have um, a delivery other than the standard one, I, I, I get excited. Like I said, we don't have much to uh, get excited from in, in COVID life. So um, I, I think it's important for um, positioning your brand and positioning your um, consumer preferences, how, how um, you want to um, make sure that you your consumers comes, comes back and um, basically um, have them um, be be part of the be part of the selection process be part of your your brand um brand love so the first three points were like 
con um, convincing the user to buy. And then the second, two, the last two points, the fourth and fifth, were about the, the customer retention, how to keep them coming to our shop and buying some more. So yeah, we have great. more. <laughs> Thank you for presenting. <laughs> no, I, I, like you said, I agree. Um, I think um, exactly. It is about getting them and then um, basically um, into your brand, making sure that you give a um, good experience. And then um, the, the last two, we can say that it is about showcasing that experience and making sure they, they have it physically as well, that, that they know that um, your brand listens to them and um, moves with the preferences of the consumer. I think, yeah, that's it for um, that in, in terms of. And um, I think last point, yes, this is the last point. Um, basically, what to consider on switching to cross-border fulfillment. So we talked about um, basically general um, trends, how, how it might be useful for your brand when you want to expand and do cross-border fulfillment um, to decentralize, to go B2C um, and to um, enable cross-border with that. Uh, what you um, need to do, like the, the macro picture is that you wanna serve as um, to, to European consumers. Um, and this can only be enabled with free and fast delivery through micro uh, hubs um, in um, sort of different different warehouses. And that's why we basically, um, like in terms of scaling up, we partner with warehouses to um, make sure we, we scaled up um, to different countries as well, to make sure that we have um, different um, points, locations for our merchants to expand to. Um, I can give um, sort of like an um, example to that and then continue on this point. Um, basically your superfoods um, has been a customer um, with us for um, from the start. So they are a, um, a superfood company um, um, and um, they basically started off in Berlin and grew together with us. Um, from um, um, like one country to um, sort of like starting off in Berlin. Now they're doing delivery to 70 different um, countries. Um, of course, uh, have, they have um, different um, locations and their cross-border growth um, grew from 12% to 40% in the last two years. So there is a huge opportunity in that sense um, to, to tackle cross-border. Uh, and of course, this cross-border um, reflected on their year-on-year -year growth as well, which is 300% uh, um, last year. So um, this, this has been a good success story for both us and, and um, your superfoods to, to showcase on uh, cross-border fulfillment. Um, but what, what do you need to do to, to start with? Um, so you basically, I, we have partners basically to help um, the merchants on their VAT registrations and EORI numbers. These are the um, two points um, on a um, sort of um, simple level to, to start um, doing um, inventory or having inventory outside. Um, so um, you need to be regist VAT registered and have an EORI number, um, but nothing to worry. We have partners who help doing that um, for um, that. That can be included in, in our service or you can directly merchants can directly work with those partners um, to make sure that they are they have VAT registrations to to sell in the markets um, yeah, directly in Netherlands and UK and France. 
um yeah like germany um uk netherlands and and france exactly so um mm -hmm. um so your i numbers um you need as well in order to um stock the inventory uh, in these countries um but for example if you if you choose if if you say that you wanna um your you want to expand in let's say um in europe um and also um in uk um you need an ERI, your ERI number for Europe and another one for UK due to due to Brexit. But um, then then um, you're good to go basically. Um, and um, the the same for the VAT registration. Um, but um, like I said, um, our partner network has been growing in the in the last year. So um, we want to make sure that the pro process of this cross border um, fulfillment is as easy as possible. For, for our merchants as well. Okay. Yeah, and we gave so much, <laughs> we talked about a bit about uh, um, Amazon as well. So um, it's about uh, being customer focused, like, um, like mentioned in the presentation as well, and listen to the customer preferences, making sure um, if they want fast and um, free delivery, making sure that happens. Um, giving a um, personalized experience as well for for the merchants um, and basically just um, making sure that uh, um, the uh, delivery point is memorable so because that will make your brand um, grow that will make your brand uh, be remembered by um, if you if you tackle the last touch points as well and um, that that includes, fast and um, free uh, shipping. I can summarize it here. Short delivery times, um, free shipping, branding, and hassle-free returns. Um, so these are the like four points um, I can just summarize in order to make sure um, that you tackle the fulfillment part as well. Um, Keeping it simple, probably. If you say it's going to be in two days, then it needs to be in, in two days. Yeah, keeping the promise, keeping the um, sort of um, your brand liable on 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 the um, times, um, basically. Um, and the takeaways, sort of like I, I I wanted to summarize key takeaways um, for for the merchants, um, basically to to make sure uh, once going um, cross border, once expanding to um, other markets. Um, to, to make sure that it is a standard um, to have fast, free and sustainable shipping um, with branded packaging. Mm -hmm. So the branded packaging includes sort of using environmental friendly um, packages as well. And, and we have options for that. Um, sustainability is, is, is a rising topic. Um, I think it, it is important for, um, for, for all of us, not just like seeing it, I'm, I'm seeing it outside of, um, merchant consumer perspective, it is important for all of us as human um, to be mindful about uh, our habits on, on sustainability. And um, we are working um, again um, to make sure our supply chain is um, CO2 neutral as well. So we are 
uh, we, we took our first step um, and um, make the make our offices um, and um, employee um, carbon emissions neutral with Planetly. Um, so Planetly uh, has helped us calculate our CO2 emissions and um, gave us the opportunity to, to offset uh, our CO2 emissions as a um, company. And we're working with partners or we are um, basically um, working on um, getting the whole supply chain in that uh, level. Uh, some of the shipment companies do um, offer um, CO2 neutral options like DHL Go Green or GLS um, do it automatically. And um, I think it is important to um, for, for merchants and also to mention to, to the consumers um, that side of um, the coin as well. Um, outsource fulfillment and automates your inventory and returns. Basically, once you're growing um, to different countries, um, it is important to automate processes. Um, otherwise, again, um, if even if like DHL delivers in, in one day, if you don't process it in the warehouse in an automated manner from, from the order to the process, then, then um, the order will be stuck in the warehouse for three days and then it gets processed. So you will lose, you will lose time. So in order to um, tackle the time aspects, there needs to be processes automated. Um, and outsourced fulfillment helps basically for that. So um, it does it for you. Yeah, exactly. And it is like you said in the beginning, um, that's where professional um, that area comes comes into place. So uh, we want merchants to focus on their um, sort of um, area of expertise, while um, e-commerce fulfillment companies um, focus on how to automate the process better, how to make the outsourced fulfillment better. So um, that's that's uh, our area of expertise, and like basically, it is to help merchants um, tackle that, and and that's the reason why um, um, having it once once you grow um, to other countries, having a professional or like outsourced fulfillment uh, options is is important to consider. Um, and last but not least, decentralize um, your inventory to successfully navigate customs and compliance. So um, it, it is not just for fast and free shipping, it's also for customs and compliance. And um, that's um, basically um, going to help um, with your costs um, and um, the experience the, um, your um, sort of consumers have when they don't have to pay for customs if they order something to UK, <laughs> basically uh, now it's gonna happen. Um, and there are so many cases already um, that people are complaining um, on how um, and in what um, like sort of logic the uh, custom um, payments are made. So um, in order to avoid that hassle and having angry customers uh, writing emails to you, um, it is good to be proactive and um, choose sort of like um, or look look through the options um, on how, how you can um, benefit um, basically from the situation and um, just see the opportunity there on how to decentralize the inventory to to navigate it. To go local on the market through. Yeah, a, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, so. To, to decentralize it and to uh, to make sure that um, you cover the cover the needs in, in in the local consumer side as well. 
Um, and I think, yeah, these are basically um, the points that I, 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 I wanted to mention. Um, and um, I'm, I'm happy to get if, if you have more questions or um, if um, anything else would be interesting for the uh, merchants in, in the Adriatic region. This was a very educational talk that you gave us and any merchants out there in Adriatic region who are willing and wanting to expand to Western Europe. Here is a professional speaking to me, so just reach out to Sinem and I believe she will answer all the questions you need to have answered and she will help you to expand in a hassle-free manner as she mentioned so many times before. So Sinem, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, David. It was, um, let me stop sharing. And it was, it was great to be um, on the call today and I'm, I'm hoping that the merchants will benefit from it. And um, yeah, feel free to reach out and um, let us know if you have uh, any questions um, and looking forward to hear from you. Thank you, Sinem.